In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lord takes Peter, James, and John up Mount Tabor. This is about six to eight days journeying from Caesarea Philippi, which was the furthest north they had traveled. It was there that Simon Peter made his profession of faith that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, where he was told, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. As they begin this last walk to Jerusalem towards our Lord's death, he tells them a little bit about the death that he is going to undergo. And Peter says, this cannot happen to you. And Peter, who had just been lifted up, is rebuked in front of them all. Get behind me, Satan. You are thinking as men do, not as God does. And so the education of St. Peter continues. By this time, they're at Mount Tabor. This is just a short distance away from Nazareth. Nazareth is a, is a hilltop town on the, on, the, on the edge of a hill, and the hill is uh, in the shape of a hook. From, from the southernmost hook, the peak of Nazareth, you can look to the east, and Mount Tabor is this perfect mound in the middle of the Jezreel Valley. Our Lord saw it probably every day of his youth or every day that he happened to be home, not in Jerusalem or Egypt or somewhere else. It's an arduous walk up this steep hill. This isn't like just going into the Garden of Gethsemane and going a little bit further. This was difficult. And what happens at the top of Mount Tabor isn't a reward for their efforts. God has a purpose to accomplish, and it'll be through them, and sometimes in spite of them. And when it's over, they will have to come back down to the, to the difficulties of of their life. A possessed boy that can't be cured, a father who's bereft, and disciples and apostles that are in over their heads. It will happen from time to time that the Lord gives us an intense experience of his closeness. Our Lord gives us an insight into his divinity. Our Lord gives us a taste of what heaven will be like. And then in short order, we're right back to, to the difficulties of life. Those are moments to savor. They're not moments to, to, to be carried away and think, now I must be holy since I'm having experiences like this or I'm having thoughts like this. I must have reached some kind of illumination. It's for a moment. It's to help you continue. Don't, don't think that it has to last forever. Be prepared for 
going back to everyday life. Then hopefully everyday life is a little different. What happened while they were there? In between the going up and the coming down. A vision almost impossible to describe with human words. Moses and Elijah. Conversing with our Lord. And then the voice of God the Father. This is my beloved beloved son in whom I well pleased. We've heard this before at the River Jordan at the baptism. It does make me wonder if, if the followers of Jesus or some of the followers of Jesus heard this multiple times. Did our Lord hear that constantly from his Father in heaven? You're my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. It's hard to imagine the life of the Trinity without that constant flow of love between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then we think of poor Abraham. Abraham isn't among those next to our Lord, nor is King David, by the way. But we think of Abraham, and was Abraham perhaps thinking to himself, but this is my beloved son. But this is my beloved son. But how can this happen? Because this is my beloved son. Besides the obvious juxtaposition that here is the beloved son of God the Father who is being offered up to die for our sins and who then in an unbloody way is is lifted up in, in worship of God to renew this covenant every time we are here at this altar. Much like a transfiguration. Abraham was given an instruction, an unfolding instruction, to go and do this and then to stop and not do that. Not categorically unlike other times that God gives instructions in the Old Testament and even says at times, I will never do this again. I will never ask you to suffer that again. Don't worry. That happens many times as well in the Old Testament. And hearing the voice of God the Father, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased, listen to him. God has a purpose for Peter, James, and John. The purpose is that they will persevere when our Lord is lifted up, not in glory, but on the cross. And as much as the vision was indelible 
unforgettable, so too were our Lord's last words at the very end, which should not be ignored. He told them, don't talk about this to anyone, except for when the Son of Man has risen from the dead. Son of Man was how he always referred to himself. Risen from the dead. Risen from the dead. And it, and it even... It even relates to the fact that Peter, James, and John did not talk about this to anybody else, but they kept on talking about this rising from the dead. That stuck with them, rising from the dead. What, what could that mean? In what way could that apply to what's going to happen? Consider then that there are things that God accomplishes in your life because something must happen. It will not be tolerable. The plan of God does not permit Peter, James, and John to falter indelibly. Peter will temporarily. John will run away but come to the cross. But as much as we reflect from time to time in the face of evil that we don't always do God's will, therefore not everything that happens is God's will, there are times when God makes certain that something happens because his will is going to be accomplished. Sometimes in spite of our sins and through divine providence, God manages us and things and events. Sometimes God makes something happen. And it's not just the trees and the oceans that respond to God in that way. Sometimes it is through us that God makes sure that his will takes place. And oftentimes we don't understand the gravity as we are playing a role in God's plan. Some things don't need to happen. Some things do. The sacrifice of Christ on the cross had to happen. The church must happen. The sacraments must happen. God saw to it. And so we stand in the midst of an awesome mystery. We aren't gathering to do something that might not have happened if we weren't here. It is true. This church didn't have to be built. This parish didn't have to exist. But God must be worshipped with the sacrifice of the Mass by his holy people. That will always happen. And so by the exercise of our free will, by responding to the little things and the great things that God has revealed to us, we are, we are drawn up into this awesome mystery of, the, of, of what God is doing for all eternity. We are able to participate in it now 
Ask for the grace to persevere. Ask for the grace to always be faithful. Ask for the grace to always love and always trust him no matter what. You are his beloved children, his sons and daughters. He intends to spend eternity with you in heaven. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.